What's up, guys? Welcome back to another spectacular episode of Where's the Remote? We are here on this slightly sunny Saturday. Um, it's around 2.30. It's a beautiful day. Alex, how's it going? Well, I cannot say the same for New York. It is very rainy on the outside, but on the inside, um, I have started putting sh- uh, cocoa butter, like shea butter, on my hands because washing them so much has made some serious cracking. And normally I hate lotion, like despise it, but uh, I, I've been pushed to the limit and I put lotion on last night and it was amazing. And I put it on this morning it and it's amazing and my hands feel fantastic. Oh Do you know how frustrating this is? Because yesterday you told me, you were like, oh, my hands are so dry. And I was like, there's literally one thing you can do to fix it immediately. And you're like, yeah, but I hate lotion. I hate well, it. I literally will not put on suntan like i used to not ever put lotion on uh at the beach as a kid why? like what i is hated it? it like but why though why don't you put it on your hands i just thought it was disgusting like i hate i, guess I hate the kind of i hate the like feeling of it like when my mom used to put yeah, your hands feel greasy. when my mom used to put lotion on her hands i wouldn't even let her like touch me Ugh, you it was the worst like it was i i've always surprised me it. the slightest i've always hated it well, Hannah put me on to this trick that, you know, you put it on the back of your hands. And then you rub the And then back. you rub the yeah. backs of your hands together. And I was like, that is perfect because then my hands don't get all greasy. But it literally, like, I, my hands were cracking OD weeks ago. They have like, been. I've just been putting up with it. No, and then I put on lotion. And literally after a day, it was back to normal. Yeah, you got to put it on regularly. My hands were thirsty, man. No, they're fine now. Yeah. Right. So your hands are are back to normal. Um. Yeah. I'm probably gonna put on some more. Like after this, they're they're getting. Put some more. Put some more. Put some more. Smells like almond. It's very good. Yeah, of course. Most lotion smells pretty good. Um. But yeah. So we got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Um. But we spent this week watching a lot of stuff i feel like we watched a lot of movies this week i know you've been cooking in the quarantine i've been and uh i watched some good stuff this week so like i guess pick what's the best thing you saw since last week Let me pull up not the, counting whatever the ftr movie is which is inglorious um so since inglorious what's the best thing i've seen yes um not since but like not including like since last week's episode probably la samurai i mean i literally just finished la samurai and that movie's a fucking brilliant movie um yeah, i don't really know much about it but i fun fact i did pick that that you. was the first ever criterion i bought and we were in barnes and noble in bing this was like three years ago and i said josh pick a pick a cover that you really like and because like we didn't know much about criterions yet um and he was like, oh, this one looks cool. And I was like, all right. And for the first time, watched it finally after three years and definitely a hit. <laughs> so that's a big it win. It took for you three years, though. Yeah. But uh, yeah. certainly phenomenal. Yeah. We did try to watch it once. We did. Yeah. I'm very glad we didn't watch it that day. Yeah. We put it on for two minutes, um, realized none of us were in the mood to be serious. Then we watched what? The Marvel Animal Crackers movie, or yeah. Duck Soup? Which one? Um, Animal Crackers? Animal Crackers. Yeah. Which one? Which was the move? Like you said, I think that was the right move. Yeah. Watching it now, I was like, like I got to the point where I was like, oh yeah, this is when we stopped. And then I was like, right after that, I was like, yeah, I'm very glad we didn't continue because 
I was sunk into this movie. Well, I wouldn't have been able to contain my sneezing, you know? Yeah. Less sneezing. Less sneezing. What about you? What's the best movie you've seen? Um, you know, that's a tough one because, like I said, I watched some Criterions, but I'm going to go with the recommendation from the boy Damien. It is The King's Speech. Um, finally got around to watching this. I had known, obviously, about The King's Speech because it won Best Picture a couple years ago by a couple, of, I think, like 2011. So, like, more than a couple. But, uh, you know, it's just one that I hadn't gotten around to. But Damien was like, yo, you got to watch this movie. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. So I watched it. And needless to say, it was great. Um, I know you haven't seen it yet, Alex. And I know you probably aren't that interested. But, like, watch it for Colin Firth and Jeffrey Rush alone. Yeah. Like, they carry that movie on their shoulders. And they're so good, dude. All-time performances from the two of them. And, Did Colin like, Firth win Best Actor? Yes, he did. Nice. Um, and I think it's crazy to think that Tom Hooper then, you know, after winning best picture for that later goes on in his career to make cats. Boom. (laughs) Don't like that. (laughs) Don't like that one. Well, looking at, looking at the best picture noms for, for that year, it's crazy that like, I'm, it went up against inception and the social network and black swan. Yeah, and The Fighter, which looking at that, which I haven't seen, but from what I hear is very, very good. And so looking at that, I do agree. It did not win, deserve to win Best Picture. Um, but it is a really good movie, and it's a powerful movie. And, like, I don't know. It just works. It works really well. So I would recommend it's on Netflix. Go watch it. How long? It's long, right? <clears throat> no, nah, it's like an hour. It's like two hours max. Oh, shit. I thought it was, like, one of those big ones. No, no, no. It's like a very normal length movie, I think. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was good. Go check it out. Okay. Um, but in addition to all the great movies we've been watching, we've also been listening to some dank-ass music. So we got three albums to talk about today. Three, right? I'm not yeah. missing one? Yeah. Four three came out, but we're about. talking about three. Well, more than four came out, I think. But uh, there's four we were considering talking about. We're going to talk about three of them today. Um, do you want to start best to worst or worst to best? How would we quantify that? Well, I know what you're okay. Do you want to okay? Let's just get to <laughs> do you want to start or end with the baby? Oh, um, let's get that out of the way. I drip. All right, let's get that out of the way. I agree. I agree because I think this is the one we'll spend the, the least amount of time on. Um, so people, it's the baby. If you don't know the baby by now, you have been living under living. A rock. Living under a large rock because baby has been taking over the world, whether we like it or not. Um, and blame it on baby is the newest from him. He dropped an album last two nights ago. Um, and uh, like I said, this is like the second album he's dropped in the last year, the third in the last like year and a half. So, like I said, baby's been cooking. <clears throat> been dropping a lot of tracks. But by this point in time, I think we're all pretty tired of him. Um, and I know I was because to tell you the truth, I didn't even finish this album. Wow. I got like 60% of the way through, maybe more. Let me see how far through I got. I got pretty far. Actually, no, I did finish the album. I did finish it. But uh, I, I was not impressed <laughs> in the slightest. Well, yeah, it's it's interesting because like I – so like the baby is very much not something that like – He's not an artist that like I listen like I would see myself listening to like just looking at him like looking at his music 
Um, but like, I don't know, like something like about his music was always like fun to me. And I, I always said, like, especially when I heard Kirk, I was like, cause he does try some different things, not in terms of flow, but in terms of like content and approach to that album where I was like, yo, it seems like he he's aware of his lane and like what he's good at right now and what's successful. But if he wanted to, it seems like he could take a deeper approach and be what I consider to be like a better artist. Um, Cause his music is fun, whatever. It's the same every time. But I like at that point I was like, but to be honest, like even if he doesn't right now, I'm having fun with it and I'm cool with him doing this. So I thought going into this, I was like, all right, if it's more of the same, I'll be happy. If it's not, like I'll I'll be happy that he tried it, um, and he did both, and I didn't like either of them. I was like, this is enough yeah. of the same, and it's all the different shit that he tried. I hated, so I was like, yeah. this is shit. <laughs> I mean, you were riding high on baby. You were definitely a hater at first, but then you were riding high on baby after Kirk. I know. I was a big to baby um, defender. Say that five to times baby fast. De- <laughs> to baby defender. 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 Is that five? Yeah. That wasn't that hard. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, no. So I also was going in with high hopes. I was like, all right, this does seem like it's going to – it seems to me like he's putting out too much too quickly for him to give himself any time to, like, grow and change what he's doing. He's trying to capitalize on his 15 minutes. I understand that. But like I, like you said also, like, it doesn't really work a lot of it. Um, there are maybe, like, one or two songs from here I'll, I'll spin later on. Um, the single, Find My Way, I've been listening to a couple times. And on that song, he kind of does a little bit different stuff, um, which I like. And then the only other song I liked was Pick Up with Quavo. Um, and the rest of like, some of the songs were genuinely bad. Like, when I heard Champion, which like, I was like, I'm pulling up the lyrics right now. I was like, ugh, like, this is bad, dude. I was like, and you know me, I'm not, like... A serious hater of like of most things, I feel like. I mean, maybe I am, but like, it takes quite a bit for me to like audibly be like, "Ugh, this music is terrible." But there's this one line in the in the hook or like later on in the song where he's like, he's like, "I'm a champion like LeBron, balling with my homies. I'm better than the old me." R.P. to Kobe. Yeah, like, and I was like, "This is bad." Like, there was stop. a few Kobe bars on that. There were a few Kobe bars in the other album we listened to, too. That's what it was. We'll okay, yeah, yeah. And they were much better, one from Freddie Gibbs, and they were better than what was on this album. But basically, look, if you like the baby, I'm sure songs from this album are going to blow up and become radio hits. Probably one of them's already becoming a hit on TikTok right now. Which one? Um, I don't know. I said probably. The one with Roddy Rich is, is fire. I'm not going to The one lie. with Roddy Rich is good, but. I like to I liked pick up. I said pick up yeah. with Quavo is the best and song like, on the album. I don't, is that maybe I'm just like out of the loop, but is that um is has Quavo like been on other shit recently? Well, yeah, like, this he, he was like, on the big <laughs> he was on the big drip remix. Okay, this is like the first time like like I said, maybe it's just me being out of the loop, but like it this is the first is. time Quavo's I felt like I was like, oh shit, Quavo. No, Quavo has been around. He's been doing stuff, but he, he was also you know. I don't know. The Migos are also irrelevant at this point. It's to. crazy they are, but like if Culture Three drops, it'll that's what I'm it'll saying, be dude. Numbers. It will. It will. Um, 
Let me ask you this though. Speaking of the Migos, right? And speaking of the baby, which song deal? I and mean, this is a tough thing to say, but like, there's pickup with Quavo or Babysitter with Offset. Which one do you like better? Um, I mean, I don't really like. I literally only heard pickup once, but like, I liked it a lot. Babysitter definitely took me time to get into, as opposed. To, but like, that was also maybe the first. I think that was the first the baby song I heard because it was in your room. Um, yeah. I heard that song I don't know. Uh, on the on uh, Hip Hop Nation. Um, Hip Hop Nation right after his album. I'll never forget the first time I heard about the baby. When uh, Hip Hop Nation, the, his album dropped, I was driving my way up to Bing, um, and I was listening to his album, but then I turned on Hip Hop Nation. Hip Hop, Hip Hop. Hip Hop, Hip Hop. And then they were like interviewing him and like having him like perform his songs live with air quotes, as I'm saying, because he's just sitting there. But he just kept talking like this. He'd be like, you know. I'm doing a lot with, you know, my music and uh, I just like really want to do all this shit and like put on for my family. And he just kept like breathing in. I was like, what? this is so weird. I was like, this is so weird. Like, but uh, he's seemingly come into his own and, and learned to love the spotlight. So uh, he's our problematic king for the day. Fuck and, him. Uh, he's actually not. You know who our problematic king of the day is. <laughs> and we'll get to it. PTA. No. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, we'll get to it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, to baby, it's kind of a flop. But uh, like I said, he'll probably very fire. Let me also say, yeah, it is. Shout out to her being yeah. on it. He'll get some buzz from this album. He'll continue moving. But what I'd like to see from him is him take some time, uh, work on some features because his features have been fire, dude. That one he dropped with Danny Lee, uh, Levi High. That song is so good, so good. Still haven't heard and, it. Uh, if you haven't heard it, go listen to that song, Levi High, Danny Lee. Go listen to it. That bass slaps way too hard for anybody's business. And, uh, you know, but yeah, I'd like to see more from DaBaby content wise um, uh, going forward. Alex, put a number on this album. Um, This is going to sound like wild mean, but like. No, no, no. Give it to him. How he, I'm going to say goes. like a four and a half. Just because, like, personally, I don't see myself ever listening to this album again. I agree. Like literally That's ever again. I, yeah, I agree. I'm going to go four. I'm going to go four. I'm going to go a little lower than you. Um, like you said, I don't ever see myself respinning this album at any point in time. I have no desire to because especially because the other two albums that came out yesterday that we'll be talking about today were so much better and I would way rather just listen to those. Um, so, yeah, you know what I'm doing let's right get now? Into the, what? Deleting the album from my phone. Why did you ever download it? I don't. Well, like I added it to my library. But why? So I can easily access it if I wanted to listen to it. Oh, well, us Spotify users just have this function called search. Yeah, but it's easier to just have it recently added and then you can just press it. I think it's like on the home screen of my Spotify. Like when I open Spotify, it's like, oh, new new releases for you to baby. Well, see, I open it to my library because I want to open it to the music that I have as opposed to all the music in the world. Apple Music Gang, fuck Spotify. No, Spotify is the goat. You know it and you're bitter. No. That's fine. Okay. Let's get into the next album. Actually, I'm bitter um, because of this. The I don't know if you heard the debacle between Apple Music and Spotify with this next album. Uh, No, we'll I didn't. Talk about it. Also, my Criterion shipped. I get it. Ooh, I wonder if mine did too. Um, anyways, 
Um, so the next album we got to talk about is the latest from one of our boys over at Griselda. It is. It is none other than West Side Gun. Um, and he drops his solo album yesterday called Pray for Paris. Um, let me tell you, people, it is full of bangers, as you'd expect. This is bars. I'm going to put John Bove on blast real quick for saying that there are not even five rappers in the game right now that have bars. And I was like, dude, imagine saying that when all three members of Griselda have bars. I have a take, and it's kind of skewed right now. But uh, Is it what you sent me the other day? I can't remember if you said this or if someone I mean, else said Multiple this. people have said it, but like I am in agreement with it. Griselda right now is... A better collective than TDE. Okay, let's not get crazy. I agree that in the last year, Griselda has dropped better music More than, than a TDE. year. Over like the past... I mean, because they've literally been putting out... But you realize that all that has to happen for that to change yeah. is SZA to drop an album and Kendrick to drop an album. But I think, I think the shooting percentage of 100% from three artists is better than... Because like TDE, TDE has eight nine artists but really people only talk about like four of them i agree but you're it's hard to compare because it's percentage it's like, at this point you know what i mean that's how i'm seeing it yeah 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 but it's like an old school game like tde most of the guys in tde are pretty old um yeah jared the right 2004 game. yeah and like but like griselda is new and hot and they're coming in swinging but never forget when we saw West Side Gunna and Conway, two-thirds of Griselda, uh, what was it, like 2016? It's crazy because, like, I remember being like, yo, what the fuck is this? Like, we just didn't know what was no. happening. No, it was, it was fun. He had, like, his babe towel and shit. I was yeah. like, oh, these dudes know what's up. But uh, we had no way of knowing what that was back then um, and how big it would get now. But so, like I said, West Side Gun drops his album, Pray for Paris. He's got some awesome features on there. Obviously, all the boys and Griselda are featured on there. Nice. A couple different songs that have all three of them. Um, but you also got Joey Badass, Tyler the Creator, uh, Freddie Gibbs. Rocky Marciano. Amongst- That's a great song. Yo, we're going to talk about it. I'm very excited to talk about this. Okay, so I didn't know if that was actually – like. That's obviously not – like it says Rock Marciano. That's Yeah. Like the boxer? No, no. Okay. I was gonna say, there's no way that's the actual boxer. Like, it's the rapper. He's when from. You said Rocky just now. Yeah, sometimes I, I say that like that. I don't really listen to him, but he's from New York. Um, he's like been on a lot of shit with Action. He has an album, I think, with Alchemist, one or two. Um, and like his 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 one of his last albums, Rosebud's Revenge, a few years ago. I remember mad people being like, "This is the best rapping we've heard in in years." Um. Like, a lot of people fuck with Rock Marciano. I know Body loves him. I'm not personally, like, I don't follow him like that, but uh, I acknowledge when he spits, and he and he spits often. Yeah, and he's a good feature on this album. So. Yeah. But uh, let's get into this, Alex. What do you like about this album? So my favorite in Griselda has been, like, it's, it's Benny, without question. Um, but I will say West Side Gun, like, I was excited for this album. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did, but I think I loved it so much because it does have a range of producers like Alchemist did some shit, Primo, Tyler, like you said. Um, It has like a wide variety of artists working on it, but it feels very tight. Like it feels very 
like everything blends together so well and he really does a great job at just like taking his style and putting it on a wide variety of beats that all sound similar enough to be cohesive but different enough to feel like you're really going through like different production uh producers yeah i think that the production is even though we're here for the bars is one of the more interesting things about this album because it's not like it's not like the rest of hip hop right now. Like uh, it's more of an old school vibe, you it's know, elegant. less like it's yeah. And like less trap and more just like kind of laid back, like drum beats that really let you like hear the bars. And like, I, I personally really like that. There's a time and a place for it. And these guys, I could listen to them rap about slinging cocaine and fucking people up forever. Like yeah. it, it never gets old. Um, I love that there's a bunch of wrestling references in this album. Like a lot. They these guys clearly fuck with WWE. Uh, probably more old school WWF, but like they definitely fuck with that because think about it. Wrestling is like beating the shit out of people yeah. and like showing off and like what is rap music? That's it. Like so I really like that. Um but like I said about the production, like I if you had told me even 2 months ago that Tyler the Creator was going to be producing for anyone on Griselda, I would have been like, yo, you're crazy. But uh, lo and behold, we have it, and it's out, and it's fine. Party with Pop so, Smoke. Party with Pop Smoke. Um, shout out Pop Smoke. We have to talk about Tyler. Tyler on this album, produ- producing-wise and and rapping. So let's talk about it. What'd you think? Yo, let me just get this out of the way now. I'm sick and tired, even this far into his career, of people pretending like Tyler can't rap his ass off. It's fucking absurd to me how often he comes out, spits absolute bars, and people still dismiss him. Like, this man has always been rapping, and after Flower Boy, I didn't really think we would get shit like this from him anymore. From from a lyrical perspective, or even Igor, like I can't, like I'm I'm not even thinking of that. Like I did not expect him to go back in this direction, but it's still fire that he can come back out and like rap. Not only with Westside Gun, who's proven himself more than enough by now, but with Joey Badass, who like many agreed back in the day was one of the best rappers in the past decade. Like I'm very happy. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, dude. Hearing Joey Badass on a track again was just cool in general because I feel like he's, he's just kind of been off doing his own thing and he's been, like you said, he's been quiet. And uh, it just shows also further, like I love when young guys can like make their album and like have like absolute like legends on it, but like not just legends, like bringing people out of like the woodwork. Like the fact that West Side Gun was able to get Joey Badass on his app, like the fact that he got Freddie Gibbs, I'm like, okay, that makes sense, right? um even tyler i'm like all right tyler's huge right now but that's crazy but like joey bass is a guy that i'm like yo you don't see him on anybody else's album right now Mm -hmm. for the most part so for them to get him is is like pretty hype so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of clout surrounding these guys right now they can definitely get shit done and i just want that next griselda album right now yeah i mean give me another benny shit give me another give me i yeah what? And he dropped a single a couple weeks ago. Did you ever end up listening to it? Uh, I may have missed it. Oh, man. It was when, like, the Jay Electronica album came out. Oh, okay. So I think you were <clears throat> preoccupied. Still haven't listened to it. But that. it's good. You should listen to it. It's cool. I will. Um, 
And yeah, I love that. Like that Tyler beat is so dope. Like it's very classic Tyler. It is. The sample work is great, obviously. Um, and I love that Tyler was able to like make a beat catered towards the sound of this album. Like he could have mm-hmm. easily come on there and made something that sounds very Igor esque. You know what I mean? Um, or something that I would deem as classic Tyler. And in a way, this is classic Tyler, but it's like Tyler's like, all right, let me chef something up for you that's going to fit your style. And that's the sign of any great producer, right? Being able to like cater what you do to the rapper on it, you know, um, and just make them better. And that's that's what I did. And so I I love this shit. So for anybody out there who's like John Bove, the idiot saying that there are no bars in the rap game anymore. Let me tell you, people, you're not looking hard enough, right? Alex is the biggest old head I know for someone our age. And if he approves, then you know the bars are fucking real, all right? So get out there. Go give Westside Gun. Go give Griselda your fucking respect. And all I have to say on that is... (laughs) Alex, put a number on this album. Before I get to that, this man, Freddie Gibbs, said, I got skeletons in my closet right next to Balenciaga. Call me Fred DiBiase. Garage is a million dollars. Yo, he's a crazy man. I love Freddie Gibbs. Like, people, if you're not tuned into Freddie Gibbs' Instagram, I don't know what you've been doing. The only thing I can equate this to is when DJ Khaled started blowing up on Snapchat. It's like, all right, you be there, you're square. Because Freddie Gibbs... (laughs) First of all, is hilarious. He's so funny. Second of all, he posts the most wild shit I've ever seen in my life on anyone's Instagram ever on his story. Right? Um, if you you could see all sorts of disgusting shit on his story, but it's also hilarious. And if you're up into the wee hours of the evening, you'd be lucky enough to catch Club Diego, where Freddie Gibbs will spin a couple tracks and invite random girls on to twerk and do their thing while he just sits there and approves. I have and, never. Uh, I don't even follow him, so I've ne- like I have no. <laughs> he's he's a must follow on his. <laughs> I think he's a must follow. Um. It's good stuff. But yeah, just go check out all that shit. Um, like I said, get your fill of hip hop. It's going to make you want to start pushing weight. And like Alex likes to say, it's going to make you want to rob your own house. And uh, one of my favorite sayings. You got to love it. You got to love it. I would give this album an eight and a half to a nine. Like, I'll give it the nine. I'm going to give it an eight. Um, still a fantastic album. Really, really good. Um, like, this is. I would say this is the best rap album this year. One of them, for sure. Like, I, I, have to I think, think I like... You, better than Jay Electronica. I was about to say, I think I like this. I don't know. I like, like this I need better to than the Jay Electronica but... album. Yeah, I like this better than the Jay Electronica album, but I, I don't know if it's like... Those are pretty equal in terms of like... Like, like I said, I haven't listened to the Jay Elect album since we, we spoke about it. So maybe that's just me like partial quarantine but also like listening to everything else that's coming out but like yeah yeah i don't know i really like this album um i do too and i'm excited to see what uh and i had something oh yeah shout out also the fact two things one for those that don't know west side gun um got shot in the face and his it's not funny funny. yeah i don't his his (laughs) like you can tell when, like, when you see him, um, like they did. I think they didn't know, like, if he would ever be able to speak again, let alone rap. So, one shout out to him for for getting past that and being able to spit bars. Secondly, shout out to him for uh, getting coronavirus, not announcing it, 
because he wanted to make sure his album got like the proper rollout and not have people like talking about that. That's, I didn't know that. And yeah, he recovered from it. So uh, shout out to him. <laughs> very, very happy. That's fire. Yeah. That's fire. Um, yeah. Great album, people. Go listen to and it. Sh- but not my oh, favorite. Oh, go ahead. Nas was going to say shout out to the Good Time Bar. Shout out to the Good Time Bar. Shout out to the Safties. Um, Tyler Tyler has ideal movie tastes. <laughs> He's yeah. an A twenty four stand confirmed, and uh, he loves that shit. So yeah, like you said, go peep that. Um, but still, <clears throat> not my favorite album of the weekend, Alex. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but I hope you do, um, because the 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 other album we got yesterday that we want to talk about is the long-awaited return from Fiona Apple. Um, Don't be saying that like you've been waiting. (laughs) Well, listen, listen. I was just going to say, I was not a Fiona Apple fan before literally. Yes. Oh, no, I knew she existed, Um, but she definitely had more of a cult following. I mean, she's definitely a little bit from the last generation, I would say, which is weird. But, like, she's been making music since before either of us were born. Yeah. So. Um, but her newest album, which is called Fetch the Bolt Cutters, we've been, people have been waiting eight years for this album, and uh, it is finally here, and man oh man, is it good. Um, there was a lot of hype surrounding this album, and I will say, I, I did hear what Pitchfork gave it beforehand, but I didn't read the article, I still haven't, because um, I wanted to go in as blind as possible, but for the record, Pitchfork did give this a 10. Um a perfect score, which the last album they gave that to was my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. So if that tells you anything, if you've never heard of Fiona Apple before, like me or not like me, but if you've never listened to Fiona Apple before you needed to go do that. Um, and I did Alex, did you like the album? Um, yeah, I really liked it. I, I think I heard the name Fiona Apple. Well, I actually know I did from, from something that we'll get to. Um, and then I think we also, when we did the end of decade episode, um, I think she had an album on the list and we were like, I've never heard this in my life. Like, I don't know what this, what this is or who this person is. Um, I really liked the album. I was definitely like, there's people I follow who were kind of talking about it. I think like in the week leading up to it. And then like when it came out, people were, were talking about it again. Um, it's not something I normally listen to, but I was definitely excited to listen to it. And like, once I played it, I was like, oh, shit, like, I really enjoy this. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I, I heard some shit about her that I'm excited to talk about um, in regards to other artists. One that you know, one that you don't, Josh. Um, and it was just like a super interesting, like, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm still, con- yeah. I've, I've only heard it like one and a half times, um, but I've I've noticed I've been like thinking of some of the melodies already. Um and I, I yeah. like what I heard. So I also really, really like this album. Um I wouldn't even call it a surprise, um, because I, I had a feeling I would. Um, but it's unlike anything I've really ever heard before. Um, I guess I would classify it as alternative pop. Um, but it's really genre bending. And a lot of that comes from the really interesting use of instrumentation. She has like, she loves all sorts of different types of drums and like, she's a pianist, I believe, but the other instruments around her in the band are like, just like crazy and wild. And like you said, the melodies 
are super poppy melodies that will get stuck in your head. Uh, but none of it really sounds like basic pop, which I like. Um, and like for some of this, bro, she spits bars. She, she's got she some does. serious flows on here. She, she can definitely get it done. Um, but like I said, I just really like that. She doesn't sound like anything I've heard of before. Um, and I think part of that is cause she, you know, is very versatile. Um, but it seems like she really took her time with this, obviously. Um, and it's very like fully fleshed out and the lyrics cut deep and it's just a joy to listen to. I've listened to it. I think I said three times by now. And, uh, I intend to keep listening to it a bunch more, um, because there's just more to get. Like Alex and I were talking about yesterday, what albums, like what order we're going to listen to the albums to. And he was like, you know, I'm going to wait till tomorrow morning to listen to the Fiona Apple album. I was like, no, do it now because you're going to want the time to re re listen and go through it and, and think about it and talk about it. Um, and I hope, you know, you, I hope you're glad you did that because there, there's a good amount to unpack that we won't have time to, you know, get into today, but this is definitely an album you can sit down with and sink your teeth into. Um, one thing I was really thinking, I was like, yo, this album would be insane live. Like, yeah, I would like to see insane. Like it would be unreal. Just like to see this full band putting together these sounds because Okay, one thing I think, and I'm not sure this is necessarily correlated to like what makes a great artist, but one thing I love about certain artists, Frank Ocean, for example, is the unorthodox song structure, right? Um, and especially for when you're making what's considered in any respect pop music, um, you could expect, you know, a verse, a hook, a verse, a bridge, a hook, right? But it's not like that at all. You know what I mean? At she all. not only changes up like, the style of the verses, but the sound of the song changes really frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's able to use these melodies and keep them going as like motifs kind of, and like just bring it on back. And like, it just works really, really well. I think. Well, like one, like the first thing I noticed off the jump, like on the first song, um, when she's like, you, um, there's like, I can't really explain it without you hearing it, but like you expect it at one point to like for her to cut it, cut it and like say the next line, but she doesn't, she holds it. And right, then when, yeah. when she finally cuts it, you expect her to kind of take it in a different direction, but she just goes back to the you like it was the, from, and that's like the first thing you hear within like a minute and a half. And I was just like, and it works. What the it works. fuck? Yeah. I was like, Oh my God. But and then every single time it still caught me of like expecting her to change it, but she just holds it and then flips it. And I was yeah. I was really I was very like I admired it. I was like, damn, like this really is going in a wildly different direction than like I didn't go in with preconceived notions, but just like like you said, like going in with a particular song structure in mind, even if it's subconsciously. Um, it was awesome like that being broken down. And I haven't really had that from an artist in a while where I like yeah. noticed that it was happening as it was happening. Yeah. I mean, I think that I had no shame. I listened to it yesterday uh, on my walk. I said, you know, it'd be great if I, if I listened to this while walking outside, sort of clear my head. And I had no shame to say I was literally dancing up and down the block people because it just like, I don't know, like it's, it's empowering music and like, 
it's full of life, which is a corny thing to say, but it is. And like, I don't know. It just, like you said, musically, it's just super stimulating and interesting. Um, I, there were a couple songs on there that the only, the only thing I could relate this to, it, and I was like, this sounds like the Beatles. Damn. Like, it really does, some of these songs. It, like, the way she's using the certain instruments, like, it sounds like the Beatles. Now, she is – now what I've found out now is that she's well-known for, like, she really likes John Lennon. And, like, I think she's done a couple of Beatles covers. Um, I didn't know that at the time when I listened to this album for the first time. But I was like, yo, I can't even describe it except for saying, like, it's got a little bit of that, like, Beatles vibe where you don't really know what the song is doing. But, like, it works. I don't really know how to explain it. Go listen to it if you don't know what I'm talking about. She uh, but, uh it's also dope. This album is it seems very personal and like like you said oh, it's super like, personal. Like the as like dancey as it is, like these lyrics are fucking dark, some of them. Like and it really yeah, is, I know what you're thinking of. I already like, know what you're thinking very, of. Very, very seems very um well, like I understand well, not understand, but like I can see why this took such a long time. Um to, to kind of drop because it does feel very timely. I think that, you know, I've done more reading about her in the last day because I was like, I want to know more. Um, and from what I understand, she's lived a very, very hard life, a very hard life mm-hmm. from a very young age. And um, that, like you said, comes through and like that, like this music is so powerful and like some of it is so positive. Like, like, you know, like, kick me under the table. I won't shut up. Like, like she is not backing down from anything. She seems like she's ready to attack life. And, like, I love that. Like, in this time of quarantine that we're sitting here feeling like there's a lot of bullshit going on around us. Like, this is, like I said, very empowering music um, and uplifting and very much worth your listen. Yeah. Um, Alex, did you have any favorite songs on the album off the top of your head? Um, let me pull up the track list. Um, cause I got, I got four off the top. Shamika fetch the bolt cutters yes. and under the table, even relay. That's like a, a great four stretch song for four song. Yeah. Stretch. Um, yeah, those are like the first four that like, like really stuck out to me. Um, and I got to listen to the back half more. Well, there's no there's no bad songs on this album. I also said like "Fetch the Bolt Cutters," the titular song, um, is great, and Shamika is great, but also "Newspaper" and "Drum Set." I was like both these songs. I was like, "Damn, this shit is really good." Um, but yeah, like like I said, if you haven't or if you haven't heard this and you're looking for something new just to change up the vibes completely, um, as you guys mostly know, Alex and I listen to. I'd say a majority of hip hop. So this is kind of out of the way of our normal tastes. Um, but take it from someone who just, just branched out and just learned about this and just got into this. Like it's well worth your time. I plan on spending this album a bunch more and then going back and listening to all her old shit. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited. So this was my favorite album of the three that dropped. Um, and I am going to put a fat nine on that bitch. Okay. Um, I'd probably give it an eight. I want to listen to it some more to, uh, to really like get acquainted with it, but it, it is definitely something that I'm going to listen to. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a drive later, so I'm probably going to throw that on. Um, yes. I also found out 
that apparently Kanye is a big, big fan of hers. And there's an interview with the two of them, like they interviewed each other. And Kanye said that, um, and I'm reading the quote, the albums that inspired me for late registration were, were her first one title um, in Portishead's Dummy. But he liked particularly like her vocabulary. And she said that um, she just loves like looking into word origin books. And just like loves picking words that like she never hears in songs. Um, Etymology. Yeah, so it's fucking fire that one of my favorite artists not only loves her, but used one of her albums as inspiration. Well, so let's get into this. One of your favorite artists. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your favorite director for a minute. Um, and I want, I felt like it was important for us to talk about her and her album before we even mentioned this man because she is so much more than him. Um, but it's your boy PTA. Um, for those of you who don't know, more of our film fan side of things, um, PTA and Fiona Apple were in a relationship for three years, I believe. Um, two, at least two of those years were described as terrible, um, and that PTA was the wild dick to her. Um, although she states that he never hit her, um, it see I've read report you know from what she said that he used to like gaslight the shit out of her. And like that he was crazy. Um, and I think that's important to mention at least because most of what you see and like what I've seen on Twitter about the relationship is like literally just the one time, the one quote that she has where she says, if you ever like, like, like sit in a room, do some Coke with QT and Quentin Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson, and you'll never want to do Coke again. Yeah. that. Um, and she said, she said that they were just like stroking each other's genius for hours. And I'm like, of course they were. Which like I can imagine it. My two favorites. It's very funny. I'm like, yeah, I know. I, know. I mean, like, but I, you know, I think that he's very much not to like, m- like make light of this. Like I could just picture him being like Reynolds Woodcock, just like being a dick, being like a dick, you know what I mean? All the time. And, uh, being very critical and, uh, but I want to say I feel for for you, Fiona. Um, and I do want to watch Magnolia, um, which Alex, you were telling me that she worked on quite a bit um, for all the music. So yeah. if you like Fiona Apple music and you like Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, both great things, you should probably check out Magnolia. I know I want to, and I'm going to soon. Maybe yeah, the, the music in Magnolia is very, very good. Um, and it definitely has like a larger part to play than just like music um so it's interesting that like I, i've seen magnolia a while ago before i ever knew about fiona apple um so now like i do want to rewatch. i have been meaning to rewatch it for a while but i would like to see it now but. it seems like it's kind of i don't really know but it seems kind of like a little bit in a similar vein to that movie shortcuts well pta um, kinda... is like hit like altman's like not like Altman yeah. is his number one. He's cited time and time again, like how much he's inspired him. Um, and I know like one of my friends said, like, if you like PTA, like you're either going to love him or hate him after watching Altman. Cause you'll see how much I keep pulled from him. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so like, I, I want to talk about this for just a minute, but I just watched shortcuts um, the other day. Um, and for those of you who have never heard of it or don't know what I'm talking about, it's this like style. It's the storytelling device of like having a bunch of different characters that are seemingly unrelated in the same sort of setting um, and just seeing the way they interweave and connect and influence each other almost by accident. 
kind of like crazy stupid love but not really that is what magnolia um, is though it's it's just like it's um yeah collage yeah and i love that um and if you guys like that too and you're looking for something to watch i keep plugging it but go watch high maintenance on hbo um shortcuts amongst other altman has been cited as a very heavy reference for that in terms of like the style of the show and that's really all that show is is just this weed dealer um played expertly by ben sinclair who writes and directs a lot of the show himself him and his wife um and you know how he kind of just gets intertwined in these people's lives that seemingly are not connected but they are through him so go check that out a lot of good stuff to watch um i really made we magnolia get... tonight <laughs> now i'm like well really... if you if you want to watch magnolia tonight i'm in i'm in okay i'm sold um but we'll figure that out but let's get into what we have the big thing for today that we have that you prepared for us we have found it on reddit well found it on twitter which i think it came the, from reddit the bracket master is back um yeah it's an a24 bracket um and it's just I don't it's definitely not all of them and I don't know like how they picked it. Um but we're gonna go through it and we're gonna find the A twenty four champion. The We gotta we gotta get you some theme music for the bracket. <laughs> Brackets are bad fun. Um because I like ask any of my friends, like the two things I, I do often is I'll say this is overrated and underrated, or I'll be like, Yo, this is top five. And like You know, we made a I don't know if it's a promise, but I'm going to call it a promise to one person that we were going to have them on to do a very specific bracket. Do you know what the bracket is and who the person is? Yeah, Kanye for Colin. Or Colin. Yes. Kanye bracket with Colin. We'll get that. Yes. It'll happen. We'll get that. Baker, we have not forgotten about you. Okay. So I'm going to go do it and we're going to see who wins. Um, Lady, the first first one starting off with a bomb. Ladybird or enemy? Easy money. All right. If you say anything about what I'm gonna say, I will know you're an idiot. It is Ladybird, people. I love be. Villeneuve. I think Ladybird is the quintessential, um, yeah. the quintessential A24 movie. It is. It is so A24. I will give it to Lady A24. Bird. Specializes, I think, in coming of age. They've done so many good ones, and Lady Bird is by far the best, in my opinion. And uh, I foresee this making it very deep to the bracket, if not winning. We'll see. Um, the next one, the other genre that they're known for, The Witch, and It Comes at Night. I'm going to go with The Witch. I don't like either of these movies, but I hate I Trey Edward Schultz. Um, and The I Witch was decent. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I like Robert Eggers, so The Witch, yeah. Let's see when we'll diverge from one another it might be this one though uh because i haven't seen one of them hereditary and room okay i this is one of the ones i was excited to talk about because i know you haven't seen room yeah um these are both like unbelievably good movies this is one of the harder matchups because they're so different both five stars in my opinion um both feature incredible female lead performances um and I'm going to shock the world here. I'm going to go Room. Ugh. Dude, you I can't, can't speak on it because you haven't gonna seen it. it. But I was... But Room... Well, go ahead. I would have said, like, regard, like, Hereditary for me is so impressive because not only is it a masterpiece, but it's a masterpiece of horror. And I feel like horror has a lot harder job of winning the audience over. And then not only that, but, like, truly wowing them. 
with like as a movie. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Horror is tough, and I agree with you 100%. And don't get me wrong. I love Hereditary. I love, 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 love Hereditary. But Room is one of the most powerful movies I've ever seen in my life. I have to watch. Like, seriously. Like, there's a moment. There's multiple moments in that movie that, like, will bring you to tears. And it's not from, like, sadness. It's from, like, I don't even know how to explain it. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. And, like, it's just so, so good. And I think that part of your your bias towards Hereditary comes from, it's, like, a little bit of a recency bias. Like, because you've engaged in, like, the discourse about it and, like, you saw it in theaters and all that shit. But, like, if we, if Room came out tomorrow, it could easily be hailed as the best A24 movie they've ever done. I think that's me. You hate Jacob Tremblay too, so yeah. But I mean, he's so good in this yeah. movie. <laughs> um, all right, so I'll give I'll put room because I haven't seen it and I can't argue it. Go. Um, we're gonna catch some shit for that. I think you're gonna. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Well, thought we were a unit. Well, we're a team. <laughs> um, next one is Good Time and Lock. I haven't seen Locke. I don't even know what it is, but I would be hard pressed to imagine. Yeah, let's just go good time. Well, do you do you know anything about Locke? I think Tom Hardy's in it. Uh, it's definitely one of the earlier A twenty four movies. Um, I have not seen it, but uh, like you said, Good Time is one of the best A twenty four movies. So I'm hard pressed to think it's going to lose. <clears throat> Climax and Swiss Army Man. Okay, this is. This is it's only difficult because not because the qual like there's a clear winner here in my opinion yeah but these movies are really really different they're both they weird completely different goals <laughs> they're both weird completely different goals um both pretty ambitious I would say um but it, and it's hard to judge but I'm going climax yeah easy Swiss Army Man I like saw that like right before like either right before or like right after i kind of knew what a24 was um and i remember watching it and literally being like yo what the fuck just happened like i loved it but i was yeah. like what the hell was that yeah i think that must have been the first a24 movie i at least saw in theaters i saw that movie in theaters I at arclight with elon rubin um throwback to the days when i would just toss movies their way <laughs> and be like yo let's go see this and they'd be like what the hell is this and we would go i saw that so. in my room and bing and someone was there someone like came in for the end of it and and was just like watching with me and i was like all right <laughs> <laughs> you can bleep it if you want next up we have you're not even gonna address it next up we have spring breakers and the disaster artist i haven't seen spring breakers so i will say i'm gonna this is where i get my payment this is how i win um i will say disaster artist was good i didn't i didn't love it nearly as much as everyone else did um had you seen the room yeah of course i have okay okay <clears throat> um, but I think Spring Breaker, like I think Harmony Corinne is a very is a he's a genius, um, and he's not spoken about enough. I think Spring Breakers is a phenomenal movie, even though I give it like I give it like a three and a half. I think, um, but I think Spring Breakers is very very important, just in terms of kind of looking at 
at a specific culture. Um, is that the first A24 movie? It's one of the first. It's the first one. It's a partnership between A24 and Annapurna. Fun fact. Um, but yeah, it is. It's one of the first ones, I think. It's either the first one or the second one. Um, but I think A24 hails it as their first one because I don't think the first one was actually like that much like loved. Nice little gotcha. erasure there. I mean, look, the disaster artist works really well. And I don't think. I don't know. I haven't seen Spring Breakers, and I can see how it's like a more impactful movie. Um, I personally like the Disaster Artist. That's where my vote is, but I haven't seen Spring Breakers, so I cede to you. To pick. Next one. This is a clear winner. I don't care, and it's because of Josh that we can even have this one in the first place. <laughs> Under the Skin versus High Life. Okay. So for. What Alex is referencing is that yesterday I told Alex, Alex was like, you want to watch a movie, like coordinate. And I said, yes. And he let me pick. So I picked Under the Skin. Um, Widely regarded as one of the best A24 films and like an amazing movie. Um, And I was excited, but I just, I don't know if I'm just too stupid or like if I just didn't get it or maybe i need to rewatch under like a different setting or a different mindset but like it just was not did not work for me did not work for me yeah. haven't reviewed it yet probably gonna give it a three um just did not work for me on really any level at all except for there was one aspect of that movie that i liked um but you'll have to go check out my review to go see it um i've been getting like a consistent amount of like like that got mad likes mad quick and when I say mad, I mean nine. But like, it had nine likes when I went to bed. So I was like, all right. Oh, look at you, Mr. Letterboxd Clout, man. We're back. But uh, High Life is great. High Life is fucking uh, phenomenal. I think you overhype High Life a little bit. I did see the North American premiere. So that does have something to do with it. But no, my man, I mean, has, my man has festival goggles on. I think High Life is a brilliant, brilliant sci-fi. Um, High Life is great. It's a it's an unconventional sci-fi that's been like, you know, very different from everything that's been done. And it takes some risks in terms of like like showing like the science behind things. And then it's also just like a great like character study. And it has Andre 3000. So and it has Andre 3000 and we stand Robert Pattinson. And yes, I also give that to High Life because High Life is one of. I've never ever wanted to walk out of a theater as much as I did that showing. I'm I don't even remember what part of the movie you're talking when, about. When spoiler alert people when <clears throat> when Juliette Binoche uh rapes Robert Pattinson. Okay, that's what I figured. I was but I like, know what both rape scenes cuz there's two. Um Yeah. It, I was like so disturbed. I was like, yo, I can't like not I was like mad at the movie, but I was like I I don't think I can like watch this right. It was the one of few times where like I felt like genuinely uneasy watching something, which never happens to me. Okay. Also, shockingly enough, both of these movies have fuck boxes in them. <laughs> uh, kind of. This one definitely. Le- I wouldn't call under the skin a fuck. It's box. not, but that's what I'm gonna call it. <laughs> okay. Definitely some weird sex, some black liquid. We don't know what it is. Yeah. Next, the lobster or Krisha? Haven't seen Krisha. Have I. the Blu-ray. 
Um, so I could watch that at any point, but we're going to seed, obviously. To the non-Trey Edward Schultz one. That's the only reason the Lobster's winning. Don't lie. Well, also, the Lobster's a great the movie. Lobster is good. The first half of the Lobster is a great movie. Let's not lie. You're an idiot. All of the Lobster is a great movie. The first movie. half is so vastly superior, it's not even funny. Imagine thinking that. <clears throat> most people agree that that movie is unbalanced. And I'm not most people, bitch. Green Room or Killing of a Sacred Deer? Both cool movies. Both cool. Killing of a Sacred Both Deer, dark. first movie I saw in Nighthawk, and I saw it. Knowing nothing about it, we were just there, and we were like, we were definitely creeped out. I was very, I literally like looked at Prims at one point, and in my head, I was just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, that's a, that would be a weird movie to see at night, like in an empty theater. I would not want to. Um, it's a good movie, though. It's a good movie. Um, and Green Room was also very good. Um, I, I. I don't, think, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah, I think it's the better movie, I but I think I liked Green Room. I don't think a the lot, Green Room is nearly as memorable. Uh, I, remember, I actually think they're both about as memorable as each other. I remember I two things from Green Room, and it's the like the heavy metal scene and uh, like the final scene. But you remember the aesthetic of Green Room? I remember being like, not really. I think I remember okay. Killing of a Sacred Deer way more. Okay, I do too. But I don't think that's necessarily the sign of a better movie. But we'll go with it. We'll give Yorgos the win two times in a row. Wait, gang. Ex Machina and A Most Violent Year. Haven't seen A Most Violent Year. Fun fact, rented it twice on iTunes. Didn't watch it either time. That's just money down the drain, people. That's why I don't and, rent uh, well, I rented it and was going to watch it, but then you kept telling me you didn't want to watch it with me, and I didn't find <laughs> time to watch it myself, so, you know, I kind of blame you. Um, and But that being said, Ex Machina is a masterpiece, easily one of my favorite A24 movies, top five, gotta be, and Oscar Isaac, Donald Gleason, Alicia Vikander, both five. A most violent year also five. looks awesome. No, it looks really good. I really wanted to watch it, but then I didn't. And you know, X Machina is fantastic. Moonlight or the Farewell? Uh, it's got to be Moonlight. Um, but I think the Farewell is easily elite tier A twenty four. Um, I think people will realize that later down the road because I feel like even though people who had seen it, um, know that it's great, but I think that it still didn't get the respect it deserved, especially from the Academy. Um, whereas a movie like Moonlight won Best Picture. Um, I think both movies are super important, um, but I'm going to side with Moonlight. I, I have an A24 ranking, an ongoing ranking on Letterboxd. You can go check it out. Um, I have Farewell vastly beyond Moonlight, but uh, I'll give you Moonlight. It did win Best well, Picture, and I do find it's... Well, no, I I just enjoyed Farewell more as a movie, but I do agree that even though I also agree that thought that La La Land should have won Best Picture, I agree that Moonlight winning is is significantly more important. Um, So I'm I'm happy winning it winning in that regard, and I don't mind giving it. um, I think the Farewell hit much closer to home. Like, spoiler alert, guys, I am a straight white male, so 
about the opposite of everything going on in Moonlight, but I can obviously still appreciate the beauty of the story of Moonlight and like how important of a movie it is. But I think Farewell hit really close to home. When I saw the Farewell, I literally left the theater, started to write my Letterbox review, and was like, "Fuck this! I'm going back in." And I watched it again. <laughs> so we got you know. That being said, we're picking Moonlight. Um, so yeah. yeah. Uh, first Reformed or the Florida Project? See, this is a really tough one. I think, I think it's pretty easy for me. Okay. I Say your answer on three. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three. First Florida Reformed. Project. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? I think... I think You like both of those movies. I do. I Well, I enjoy Florida Project. I adore First Reformed. I think that movie is... Like, when I think of cinema, like, I think of First Reformed. Like, that is a brilliant, brilliant movie. Florida Project is... It's another one. I think it's a very important um, like story being told on screen, and I really enjoyed it. But I think First Reformed is just like masterful filmmaking. Not that Florida Project is yeah. like First Reformed really had like an effect on me. Okay, so both these movies are great, and I agree that First Reformed had an effect on me. But so did Florida Project, like in a really deep way. Like I just something about kids and like. I don't know. I just don't. It has a very weird, like, contrast of emotions in that movie between, like, I don't know, just the scenery and the way it's shot, but also the reality of the situation. And uh, I don't know. I'll chalk it up to that final scene in Disney World. You see, it ended, and I literally was like, what? Like, I had no idea what just happened. I'll give it, I'll give you first reformed because I think it was criminally underrated. Did you see that with us? Yes, I did. And uh, I love Ethan Hawke, and I think it, it it's, a, it's a very important movie, and more people need to watch it because it's going to become more and more timely as, as we continue to kill our planet. What if? Um, oh, man, there's like one quote that's so fire. There's a, a lot of quotes. Yeah, but I'm trying to remember the one in the, in the diner um, when he's talking about like the quiet man. Oh, I don't know. That movie's so good. Um, Midsummer or 20th Century Women? So I haven't seen 20th Century Women, but I hear it's one of the best A24s out there. Um, but we're going to see to Midsummer. Um, <clears throat> one, because we've both seen it. And two, because we got to get some Ari Aster in the mix. Yeah. And I want to see it again. Uh, the Lighthouse and a Ghost Story. How many times have you seen Midsummer? Once. Literally. When what? I, yeah, yeah. Oh, you didn't. Even, okay. I've seen it probably like three or four times by now go watch the director's cut uh there's no way of me doing it so oh do you remember when i told you i was going to see it in theaters and you were like no i'll just wait for it to come out and you kept telling me incessantly there's no way they're not going to release the director's cut well, they did. i'm obviously going to be able to get it on blu-ray and then they didn't fucking release they it do you know what you can do do you know what you can do i mean i don't care i don't you can go fuck yourself. I don't care. It's much better, people. The director's cut is a more complete film, and uh, I liked it better than the original. See, I don't know if I liked that movie nearly enough to watch a longer version of it, especially considering I thought Midsummer was complete as it was. Like, there was nothing that really stuck out to me jarring. Um, and from what I understand, the director's cut only extended some scenes just to give it more of, like, a worldly feel. And I... I don't necessarily think that's the reason I didn't see it. Go out to see it is because I don't didn't want to pay 
for something that I didn't think was even really necessary. For the record, I saw on a list, so um, I just didn't want to go to the city. No, I actually yeah, don't you think, just didn't no, want to watch. I don't think the they played it by me, or I like wasn't able to. Um, well, we know where you're, whatever where you said. Yeah, Ali was talking about it. She just watched it the other day, and like. What, the director's cut? No, the regular version. And like, I was like, oh, like, yeah, damn, like I really do want to watch that movie again. You should. Um, Maybe I shall. Maybe I'll watch that instead of, who knows? I got so much. I don't know what I'm going to do. We're definitely not watching Magnolia. Um, Maybe. Don't say that. It's not a waste of time like you called it. Next one, we have The Lighthouse and a Ghost Story. Um, This is another one that's getting seated to me. because But A Ghost Story is also a masterpiece. So is the lighthouse. Well, God, I feel like I'm calling a lot of things a masterpiece, and Jordan's going to explode. Because, well, Jordan can lick my balls, but you also get upset about this, about us calling everything great. But listen, in a in something like movies or music, there can be a lot of really, really great, high tier quality content being put out there, right? It's not an exclusive bunch, and to say that it loses a little bit of its meaning when you call everything a masterpiece is true to some extent. But that being said, like there's easily at least five movies on this list that I would give like a four to a five star. And like, they're all very much worth your time and beautiful and amazing in their own way. Yeah. And I don't think anything subtracts from the greatness of other movies. Like there's always room for more great films in the world. So let's try not to be haters people. Yeah. Jordan, you know what? I'm looking at my list. He said it. He said it. I'm looking at my list. Um, I gave The Lighthouse a better rating. I have it higher on my list. I haven't seen Ghost Story in a while. Ghost Story is fucking phenomenal. It's beautiful. It was like truly moving. But The Lighthouse stuck. It stuck with me for a little while after I saw that. Yeah, dude. Come on, pick The Lighthouse. lighthouse. You got to pick The Lighthouse for the the t-shirt alone. Yes. Josh got me a Lighthouse t-shirt for christmas slash birthday next one uncut gems american honey i haven't seen american honey that's another one that i hear is like i'm sure every a24 film has people who are like it's their best but like people really say this is unbelievable have not seen it but uh i don't know it's definitely worth watching i'll probably watch it at some point but uh we gotta err on the side of what we have seen so Next one. And Uncut Gems Bangs. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> uh, one of them has Julia Fox. The other does not. Um, next one. Eighth grade, Last Black Man in San Francisco. See, this is a really tough one. Have you seen The Last Black Man in San yes, Francisco? No, I have. Well, that's why I asked. Because I knew the answer, you know? All right. Fuck you. Fuck you. Um, what are you thinking here? Eighth grade. I, think, I was also thinking eighth grade. I think if Lady Bird is like the quintessential A24, like eighth grade is the only other, like eighth grade is one of the best coming of age. Like that's a coming of age. That's how you make a coming of age. Agreed. And that's how you make one that like, I don't know, like I was 21 when I saw that movie and it, it I felt like I was in eighth grade again, like, like that. Like it was so fucking, and the fact that it was a debut from, Bo Burnham, someone I didn't even really like. Like, I was like, yeah, I, eighth grade is fucking unbelievable. I agree with everything you just said. If you haven't seen eight, eighth grade, it will also make it deep into this bracket, I think. Yeah. So, this is going to be a hard one now. Um, Lady, like from here on out, Lady Bird and the Witch. Ha, it's funny that you said that that was a hard one. No, Lady Bird, slam it on him. Easy. 
Um, whoosh, um, the good time and room. You're about to say the room. Yeah. Um, I'm going room. Oh, God. I, it's so I know you disagree annoying that I can't reason with here. I think good time is an example of how, like, the point of a movie is to kind of immerse the viewer. I think good time is one of the best examples, and it's the reason why I gave Uncut Gems a lower score in the end. I have it is very few movies that are as good as Good Time at literally making you feel like you're being strangled. Like okay. for an hour well, and 45 you. minutes, you are fucking locked into that balls deep. Like here's what I'll say. The the climax, sort of climax of the movie for Room happens about halfway through. Um and during that scene, that scene is more tense and intense than anything in good time, in my opinion. Okay. I'll, Which is a hot take. But uh, I watch Room tonight. Like, you're very, you're solid. Dude, watch Room. It's fire. Kyle just watched it. We can talk about it. Uh, I'm putting Room. Um, because I have probably to watch it and give it like a two and a half. Yeah. If it's like, I don't say. Um, I'm glad Waves isn't on this movie, on this list, because I would go on a fucking. Because it would win, and you no, know that. I would go on a tirade. I would smash the laptop before I typed in Waves. Uh, climax or Spring Breakers? It's Climax. Um, yeah, That's another one where it's like, I walked out of that movie literally feeling like the world was spinning. Like, that was also a fun fact. I saw that movie right after I went on the interview that got me my job. Um, so I was riding very high. Not that high, though. Not as high as that kid. Ugh. Alex. Oh man, that movie's fucked up. Come on, man. Come on. That movie's out of its fucking mind. I might watch a Gaspar Noe. I just want to get fucked up today. That's nice. Um, I've been meaning to watch Nymphomaniac. I don't know why. But you already watched it. I have, and I just really want to see it again. It's very good. Like, Stellan Skarsgård is in that movie for a few minutes, and he's so good. That's a phenomenal two-part movie. Like, that, that's an epic of a film. Um, watching Infomaniac, Josh. Mm, yeah, see, you're such a bum. You're afraid to watch it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. High Life or The Lobster? Uh, I like The Lobster more, but I'll give you High Life. Yeah. The sense that it's, it's very much everything A24 stands for. Just like avant-garde, like interesting takes on classic tropes um and this really turns the sci-fi on its head and i think it's interesting even though i love the lobster and i think it's a more enjoyable movie in my opinion uh you're not allowed to jerk off in the lobster hotel um and high life has a fuck box so by default high life wins (laughs) all right now we know what your basis is yes that's how i'm basing all these movies Got it. how horny Copy. they are. <laughs> that high life is winning. Killing of a sacred deer or ex machina. Ex machina is horny. Ex machina is horny. But uh the witch is horny I too. Like, I feel like killing of a sacred deer is horny in like a disgusting, creepy way. It is. There's that fucking scene. Yeah, there's like a few doesn't like Colin Farrell just like jerk off to Nicole Kidman? 
Yeah, it's very weird. And that kid Martin Barry Kagan or whatever his name is is so creepy yeah. and everything. And you don't really know if his intentions are sexual or like weird or just like what's going when he's on. He's just there. eating that spaghetti. It's so he can fuck off. He can fuck right off. I hate that kid. <laughs> like not the actor, but in that movie, that I want no business with that. I have not had any desire to rewatch that movie since seeing it. That kid disgusts. Also, me. shout out to uh, Sonny Solchik. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. How was mid nineties not on this bracket? Yeah, I mean, this is, I got to see what's not on here. That's what I'm curious about. Well, um, Moonlight or First Reformed? Moonlight. Ugh, fine. Spotlight. I think moonlight. they're both very important. Why you think it's Moonlight more timely? Midsummer or the Lighthouse? Mm, this is this is probably the toughest matchup so far, in my opinion. Um, I'm gonna say Midsummer. I think that is a horror movie, unlike anything I've ever seen. I will also go Midsummer, but I think they're both very, very good movies. They're good, and, but uh, I think Midsummer, like, I think if I'd seen The Lighthouse as many times as I've seen Midsummer, I might feel differently. Going one each, I can say Midsummer is like I'm more inclined to rewatch Midsummer before The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse is on Amazon Prime, y'all. Just got added, I'm pretty sure. So, boom. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, Uncut Gems or Eighth Grade? Eighth Grade. Well, I was going to say Uncut Gems. Well, let's discuss because I love both these movies. But like you said, Eighth Grade is a quintessential A24 movie um, and one of the best coming of age movies I've ever seen. And I think it'll only get better and better with age. Like, well, I think I think five years from now, people will watch Eighth Grade like people like people who were in Eighth Grade when that movie came out will watch that movie when they're our age and be like, holy shit. That is a very good point, but let me – because either way, whichever way this goes, I'm not necessarily mad. That being said, the boomers that were betting a lot in 2012 or whenever that was probably feel the same way about Uncut Gems. Well, no, I think Uncut Gems like stands – like that movie seems like it could like go down the line and be like a classic – not to say it's a heist film, but like – I feel like it could go down the line and be like, yo, have you ever seen Uncut Gems? Like, it's it's like one of the best crime films ever. You know it's what I mean? a cult, like, it'll be a cult classic. It already is. I don't 100%. think cult classic as much as like people will speak about. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Dude, I think it's, it, it will definitely be a cult classic. Like, the Safties already have such a cult. Like, yeah. So are we saying? Rightfully so. Are we, are we saying? Which one are we saying? Uh, I want eighth grade. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Safties. All my homies Sorry, have Sam, good man. times, like Josh Safdie, Lady Bird or Room. Throwing shade at Benny. Where's Benny Safdie at? Come on, the butcher. What's coming? Lady Bird or Room? Lady Bird. As much as Lady I guess, Bird. yeah, you you went on a tirade for the Room. No, I know, and it's sad to see Room go down to my favorite A twenty four movie right now, probably. But Lady Bird, like, ugh. Is perfect, and I get chills just. We're gonna be about so it. basic when Lady Bird wins it all. Look, twenty seven. We are twenty seventeen was a huge year for movies in my life. Um, I don't know that any year that I've like lived through yet has had so many movies that have just like touched me so personally and changed my life. Like, and Lady Bird is one of those movies, and it's just gonna it will forever be one of my favorite movies. It's good. Thank you, Greta Gerwig. Facts. Um, climax or high life? Climax. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I was looking at my list I right agree. now, and like, I just moved climax 
in like above high life. Both of those are movies about like madness and I think that climax just does it all to the max. Climax like, like it's truly unlike anything I've ever seen. I'm confident to say nothing I ever see will be like it. Except Enter the Void. Which is very different, but like it's it's like yeah, I don't even want to never mind. Forget I said that. Um Killing of a Sacred Deer Moonlight. Moonlight. Yeah. And then Midsummer or Eighth Grade? I'm gonna go eighth grade. Okay. Now, oh man, this is gonna be such a basic one. This ending is so fucking anticlimactic. Yeah, it, yeah, of course. It Lady is, Bird. But... I I think it was. Yeah, you'll. There's a range of A24 movies, right? Most of the movies on this list are like pretty good movies, but the ones that really hit, really hit, and like, yeah. Unfortunately, my personal connections to these movies happen to be with the most basic ones for the most part. Um, but they're still fucking good, like you said. Yeah, they're great. I defy anybody to tell us that whatever wins this bracket doesn't deserve it. Like, yeah, bitch, come at us. <laughs> yeah. Ladybird or Climax? Ladybird. And then Eighth Grade or Moonlight? See, that's that's a tough one. Because I think Moonlight's more I, important. I think Moonlight is extremely more important, but I like Eighth Grade more. So do I. Uh, but we can go Moonlight if you want because it's just going to lose to Ladybird. Yeah. So it doesn't oh, matter. Ladybird it is. Ladybird wins it all. <laughs> so that's no, so that's that's really what it comes down to, right? I think that Moonlight is probably the most important A24 movie that's ever come out. Um I don't but think they'll ever make Ladybird, another movie as important as that. I wouldn't count them out, but it does seem to be that way. Um but Ladybird is is by far my favorite. And uh, I will rewatch it endlessly, and my kids will be watching it, and it will be great. Say so it like That's Dave. Oh, you love Enya. You love Enya. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, that's the bracket. That's a twenty-four. Congratulations. We're basic hoes. Um. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're basic hoes on our simp shit, listening to Fiona Apple. And yeah, I was gonna say we're gonna go listen to the Fiona Apple album and maybe watch Ladybird. Like, yeah, um, sounds like a great day, honestly. Yeah, I have no complaints about that. Um, but Alex, thank you again for bringing this bracket. Um, like I said, you are the bracket master, okay. and uh, anytime you bring one of these to the table, um, I know it's gonna be a fun episode like this one was. So I'm really glad that we did. The bracket this. episodes also always go over an hour. Yeah, because they're long and we take our time. Yeah, but uh. This is good. Um, you have anything else for us? Um, nothing off the top of my head. Awesome. So what I will say is this before we wrap up um, and, and we have been doing found the remote. Um, thank you guys. For all of you who have been listening and checking out those bonus episodes. Um, I think you can hear it, but we've been having a great time doing it. It's been super, super fun. Um, and we just gotten the chance to talk to so many of our friends, especially in this time of quarantine that we don't get to talk to them that often. And that's been a real treat for us. But we are announcing the next episode on the podcast today because it is one of Alex's all-time favorite movies, if not his favorite movie. So I will let him do the honors. And I'll give him a little bit of a drum roll. Not really, though. Um, So Pulp Fiction is my – I always say I think that the number two two on a list determines more so what really like – 
is is somebody's favorite because a number one tends to be something that like you hold important to you for a variety of reasons. Eminem was always my number one rapper because he was the artist that got me into rap. There's like a more emotional connection there. Um, But my second favorite artist is Jay-Z and Jay-Z is actually my number one rapper now. Um, So with movies, Pulp Fiction is my favorite because it was, it was something so different that I'd seen at the time. And I just, it it made me like fall in love with movies. Um, At least the one that I remember the most. Um, so the number two movie you could say is the movie that most exemplifies what I look for in movies. And it is none other than the Coen brothers opus, most likely, um, my, one of the greatest movies ever made, uh, no country for old men. I'm so fucking excited to talk about it. Guys, we have a great guest coming on. He is one of our longtime friends. We're not going to announce it now because you didn't catch us like that. But if you want to find out who the guest is, you know what you got to do. You got to come listen. Um, these episodes, we've been cranking them out weekly. We've been hitting you guys with the the double episodes two a week um, and putting in that work just to bring you guys that good content. So this one is going to be maybe the best one we've done yet. We love, love, love this movie. I am so excited to rewatch it. And like I said, we hope you guys will come in and listen. So that is coming out Friday. You know the deal, people. But in the meantime, you can go catch up on all the other ones because these episodes are timeless. The one we did last week with Brandon um, and Glorious Bastards is a fantastic movie. And we want to thank everybody who's already listened to that and is saying, I'm already caught up. I already know all these episodes. I'm ready for the new one. Well, guess what? It's coming to you Friday. Um, So once again, thank you guys for listening. Um, Before we just tell you where our socials are, please, 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 as always, do us a huge solid, huge solid, and go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Um, Even bigger than that, though, I know I tell you guys about the podcast, the rating every week, but even bigger than that, in this time of quarantine, people are bored. People are struggling to find things to do, things to take their mind off things. That's a huge reason why Alex and I have loved doing this and have wanted to put out more and more episodes for you guys. So just tell a friend about it. Tell a family member about it. Um, we think that we can help spread joy in the world um, and help brighten your guys' days up a little bit. So just tell a friend. Tell somebody. Um, even retweeting the tweets is is great also. Anything you see from us. Just sharing it, sending it to a friend, it means the world. And uh, that's all facts. And uh, now when we get, when we get going, um, Alex, where can they find you? You can find me on... Besides under the table. You can find me on Instagram at AlexPaps1. You can find me on uh, Twitter at SamuraiPaps. You can find me at Letterboxd at AGPerson. You can find me... You can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at WTRPod. I messed that one up this week. It happens. And uh, you can find me at Josh Lempert, J-O-S-H-L-E-M-P-E-R-T, on everything. Letterboxd, Instagram, Twitter, all over the place. Um, please, please, please go spread the word. Tell your friends about us. We would really appreciate it. Um, as always, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys on Friday. Peace.